0: You're listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks, a biblical, practical, and spiritual conversation about living and leading worship. Let's lean into today's episode. Well, hey, thanks so much for joining us for Worshipology. And uh, today I'm excited because I'm actually sitting across the table from our guest today. Uh, I've got Rich Green, a worship leader at Salem Fields Community Church, been there for over a decade. And uh, we've met. I mean, gosh, when did we meet at Watermark's camp? Yeah, I think you were leading camp.
1: worship. I was, man. What was, was that, that like? So were you. It was like <laughs> that's, it, right, it was, that's right. That's <laughs> right. How many wild. years ago was that? Oh man, that's. Back in, back in 2009, back in 2009, man. I heard
0: this guy's voice. Was I was like, wild. Hey, this guy's got something as well. And now we're in the midst of writing and recording an album uh, for his church, excited for Fields Worship. Yes, and uh, but dude, for our listeners on Worshipology, why don't you just kind of share a little bit of your story? How'd you get involved in music and ministry and all that good stuff? Yeah,
1: absolutely. You know, I did not grow up in the church at all, I didn't come to faith until high school. Luckily, God had put plenty of people in my path to trying to steer me. <laughs> Cause I was definitely the knucklehead back in, in high school and college. But, uh, luckily man, he just completely changed my heart, changed my life. Wow. Um, always drawn to music. You know, I, I still remember, you know, I was telling my wife this the other day because now I'm seeing my daughter kind of do the same thing, but writing songs literally since I could write. Wow. Um, and so it's just really just so drawn to that, uh, just, uh, you know, that whole process. And little did I know that that was a seed from God that he was just going to use later on in life. And so, uh, yeah, so really figuring out my faith and taught myself guitar and just always just had this call to just worship. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really in working out my faith, it was really just uh, worship that really helped me to work out those questions and, and really start to get to know the presence of God and start to get to know his heart and who he is and and so, it was only natural then, you know. Hey, I'm just want to be a part of the worship team, and yeah. so, uh, you know, I just became available to that. And then we just, uh, you know, served faithfully for for years. And then uh, was actually getting my degree in sports management. Was talking That's to right. I yeah. You telling me that was talking to ESPN and was Whoa. ready to go that whole route. And God's like, hey, I got a different plan. Wow. It's it's your choice. But this is where I'm calling you to. Rich and Green I, I is a good announcer that. name. It, you know, I don't know if yeah, you're going to be a broadcaster. But. No, I was going to be more of the the professional side. <laughs> the hey, let's let's negotiate different things. But, nice. um, but yeah, so I just answered that call, man. Never looked back, and and have just literally just pursued him. You know, whatever he had, whatever capacity, um, that's all I wanted to do.
0: You know, it's interesting because Salem Fields is a Wesleyan church, right? I think. Nazarene, yeah. Nazarene, Nazarene, that's right, Nazarene. And so maybe for our listeners who aren't familiar with that, because I I love the fact that we have people from all different backgrounds, all different denominations, and it's the unity that makes us the body of Christ. And so in the Nazarene church world, uh, what are some of those pillars that you guys really lean on? And then how does that kind of... I guess, reflect in your worship culture at, yeah. at, at your church.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we believe in entire sanctification, you know, yeah. and it's just this pursuit of holiness. We believe that Jesus didn't just come to die to give us eternal life, but he also then came to empower us through his Holy Spirit to on, just live pure lives. You know, we don't have to look like the world that we truly can have that, you know, fleshly man that has control of our lives just, uh, you know, crucified and then be restored Mm -hmm. in, in the image of Christ. And so we just, uh, really just pursue that. And so really just about holiness and just uh, about, you know, we're, we're pursuing the God who makes us righteous. We don't make ourselves righteous. And so by just really just seeing him and magnifying him, we understand our need for him, but then also understanding just the empowerment that he's given us to walk in his spirit as victory, you know, as just victorious people. You know, the thing I love about what you just said is, I've been hearing in
0: my conversations with other worship leaders, other pastors, that there is a call back to holiness. Yeah. And even this past weekend, and you and I got to talk about this a little bit last week, like I got an opportunity to preach at my home church, yeah. Destination Church in the RVA, and uh, the message was set apart that we've been consecrated <laughs> by Christ, so yep. but also this beautiful thing when you see in the Old Testament, I mean, you know, as worship leaders, we kind of get to nerd out on this whole priesthood yeah. aspect of yeah. our calling, yeah. like 1 Peter two 9, we're a royal priesthood. And looking back at the Levites, they were set apart from the other tribes to be this priesthood. Yeah. And when you talk about holiness, and I'm, I'm even in my Bible reading plan now, reading in Exodus, and it's talking about all of these Um, I would say guidelines and really just standards for the priest. And yet here we are 2023. And I think, you know, this more than I do. I mean, you've been at the same church for 14 years, walk this line of faithfulness, seen people come and go. And there is this lack of a passion Mm -hmm. for holiness. Yes. Explain to me why you think that might be, and then kind of some of the things that, as a worship pastor, as somebody that's been living uh, in this world where you're you're kind of hyper focused on that in your in your walk in the Nazarene Church, um, how have you been able to help people see not only the value in holiness but our need for it?
1: Yeah, I mean, man, that's a loaded question for sure, <laughs> for sure. Um, you know, I think the the easiest cop out would just be like, you know, man, like with social media and with just the the world and the things of the world getting louder it's just you know so hard to sustain that and to to walk out that christian faith but i really think what it comes down to is understanding who we are understanding who God is and understanding Mm. our need for Him. I think so many times we come to faith and we just think like, oh, we can do this on our own. Wow! But the reality is He's empowered us with His Holy Spirit to walk out, but that requires us to surrender ourselves. That requires us to face some things that we don't want to face. I think we've gotten so comfortable in just accepting, oh, this is the way I am. This is my struggle. Or, you know, this is just something that's a part of me. It's my personality where I'm like, man, no, you, you store, you serve a redemptive God who brings restoration, who brings healing, who gives you life and gives you life abundantly. And that abundant life isn't, you know, necessarily like riches and, and, popularity notoriety and all that stuff no the abundant life is just found in the fullness of christ and all that he has for you and being his child and being uh, who he's made you to be and so really just this pursuit of holiness is this idea that i can live out of the abundance of who christ is not out of my best efforts but just out of who he is and just surrendering the things that you know are of this world, the things that want to rise up in my flesh and just saying, like, I don't have to live that way because I'm empowered by the Spirit. And so it's not a striving thing. It's not a, let me just, like, make myself stronger make myself better no it's looking to the the one who holds our victory you know that jehovah nisi god our banner the one that goes before us the one who made a way yeah um and just relying on him to lead the way so our eyes are focused on him they're not on ourselves it's not on what i can do what i can accomplish and and all these things around me it's making that decision that hey i'm gonna look up and as worship leaders that's our responsibility is we have all these things going on around us yeah it's our responsibility to help people to look up wow Okay, so there's a
0: lot of nuggets in there. (laughs) It's our responsibility to help people to look up. The thing I love about that is that, and we can all sense this, right? Like, especially over these last two years, there's been this... Uh, Anti-Christ gospel That's kind of like Hey You can do this Self-help All this stuff That's come out And you know When you look at The book of John Which is probably My favorite of the gospels If I'm even allowed To say that (laughs) um, I love that John 10 10 You know That he's come to give us Life and life to the fullest And then I want to say It's in John uh, 14 um, And I could be Getting this wrong Mm -hmm. But it's It's not too far From John 10 Where he says You know That I'm the way The truth and life No one comes to the Father Except through me Jesus is the only way like there is no other way. And yet, and sadly in church world right now, you even see an almost like this this line of compromise yeah. that's like, hey, yeah, it's okay to do but man, yep. just come to church on Sunday, you know, it, it'll yep. be all good. Like yep. and I think there's a calling that we have as worship leaders mm-hmm. to say, look, we're not worshiping anything else, anyone yep. else, yep. but the one true God. Yep. We're lifting up Jesus, we're yep. looking up, where else does our help come from? It Amen. only comes from Him. Yep. Talk to me a little bit about that. When I see somebody that's been walking in a same church for more than a decade, mm-hmm there's this respect and honor that I have for that person um, because in a world where it's so easy to jump ship yep, yep. and it's so easy to go down different paths. Yep. And I'm not saying I mean, as somebody who's, you know, I've, I've been at national community for seven years, planted bridges yep. for five. Now I'm at destination. Yep. I think when the Holy spirit calls you to Absolutely. move, you better yep. follow, Absolutely. but there's something powerful about staying the course, long obedience in the same direction to quote Eugene Peterson. Yep. Yep. Um, talk to me about that how you've seen the worship culture at your church mm-hmm. shift and change with different seasons and yeah. how you've been able to keep that focus on looking up
1: yeah and i think i think a lot of what you said like resonates i think i think a lot of the worship leaders that i talk to even sense it that we've become a very self Focus culture, and I think that has what has led so many different people astray. I think that is what has led to the compromise, Mm -hmm. because again, we can't make ourselves righteous. So therefore, if we're just depending on these quick fixes or this self-help stuff, um, that that's really just not going to satisfy. It's not sustainable because we need. The savior we yeah. need the one that models that righteousness for us we need his spirit to help empower us and equip mm-hmm. us and so when it comes to a worship culture and just seeing that environment i think that's been reflective um i think it's I, for many it might even be like harder to worship because they've allowed all of these things to then take wow the place of god in their hearts yeah. so i think the, that there's been this this place where you know maybe uh, i've elevated something else and i haven't even recognized it maybe it's mm. even i've just elevated myself and my needs and my wants and my desires and i'm uh, worshipping out of that place wow when really we're just to have a posture before god that you are god and that is enough <laughs> you know what i mean <laughs> Dude, that let's that go. you are god you're worthy of my praise you created me to walk in the garden from the very beginning, He created us for a purpose, and that was to worship Him. That was to walk with Him, to Mm. be in His presence, and to just bask in in who He is and to have that relationship. And I think as worship leaders, that's the kind of culture that we need to create, even in just these worship environments where let's just usher in the presence of God, and let's just commune with Him. And again, like I, I said earlier, let's just get Our eyes off of ourselves. Let's get our eyes off of the things that that we're dealing with, and put them on the only one that can make a way in the midst of all of this. Mm. Um, And so, and that that's really just been our pursuit. And and we've kind of even shifted as a worship culture. I think we even got to a point, and 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 it's easy to get there where it's just like you start going through the motions, or you start to you know just get so set in the same way of doing things to where we had to take a step back, and we had to be like, okay. What's our heartbeat? Yeah. What are the things that we want to stand on? What are the things that we want to pursue? And so, really, we came up with just two things that we wanted to convey. We wanted to convey unity. Mm. Um, Because more than anything, our culture just needs that presented. So there are different things that we've put in uh, place to just ensure that we're just presenting unity, that we're not making one person stand out above the other. We just want to be unified to, again, help with that view of just looking up to, to Jesus. And then the other thing is just when I step on that stage know who it's about, know why I'm there, know what I'm trying to do. That All I'm trying to do is just bring people to the feet of Jesus. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I go to that Jehoshaphat story where he sends out the worshipers before yeah. he sends out the people to fight the battle. And I think that's just, that is a perfect image too of our responsibility as well, that we are to then go before, help people learn how to worship because the battles that they face, if they can bring praise to that, yeah. If they can bring a looking up towards God instead of looking at the battle itself, they'll understand where their help comes from, and they'll be able to really just be, face whatever it is that they're dealing with their lives. So, wow. um, so yeah, it's just just that posture of humility and looking up to Jesus. I and, love it. And I just think that that that's so key, in, especially in today's culture.
0: You know, you mentioned one thing uh, earlier, and this has kind of been a – I think a, a theme in our recent conversations, mm-hmm. Jehovah Nisi, our banner. Yeah. I love yeah. the fact that um, a you know Jehovah Nisi. Like I do think there's so many amazing names of God, and I love yeah. that. I think uh, Sean Curran put out that song. A Thou- I know you by a, a thousand, thousand names. Years, like yeah. I love that because like for every problem they we have, there's a mm-hmm. name, there's a promise, yeah. and God's names, the amount of them um, kind of summed up in Yahweh, like I am, and it's just like, I am, you know, (laughs) it's like so amazing. But talk to me about what, what does that mean to you personally? And then in your church, because I mean, I've been to Salem fields community church a handful of times. And for those who don't know, it's in Fredericksburg, Virginia, I would say probably one of the largest Nazarene congregations in the
1: country. Um, yeah i mean it's definitely definitely up there and that and that's been cool we've seen so many other churches within the denomination grow yeah. and it's just been great to also be partners with them and just seeing how god's moving in our tribe you wow. know what i mean um but it's just it's just so cool because again and i love being able to connect with all these different uh, denominations into because again we're, we're all pursuing the same thing but but yeah going to your question with with jehovah nisi um you know that God, you know, I love in every season and every situation, God reveals a different part of His character. Hmm. You know, it, yeah. especially if we're willing to see it, even through the hardest things, God can reveal a part of Himself that we would not have understood wow. or seen any other way. And so, my wife went through a, just a crazy, crazy health trial when uh, we first got married. And so, it was really just it was like a ten year battle, wow. you know, and and praise God, she's on the other side of it now. But within that, God revealed to us this character of Him, Jehovah Nisi, Like I'm the one that goes before you. I'm the one that fights your battles. I'm the mm-hmm. banner that hangs over you. Um, you know, and I love that that image and of really, if we if we think about it, Moses holding that staff on the hill is just like jesus on the cross of golgotha wow you know what i mean and that again we look to that and as long as that's taking place the victory down here and the battle's won yeah you know and so that's our that's our truth too that no matter what the battle we're facing understand like jesus is sitting at the right hand of the father it's finished it is done and so he really just revealed that to us that, you know, hey, I'm with you in this. I, I'm going before you in this, you're not alone. And, and I'm walking right beside you through it. In mm. um, that reality of that's the God that we worship. You know, we think about all these characteristics of God. So when we come to worship him, we're just putting our focus on those characteristics of who he is. Yeah. And when we do that, it changes everything down here, it changes the atmosphere. And so really we just worship from that posture. That was the thing that got us through that season was recognizing who he is and then just choosing to worship in the midst of it Mm. because it would have been so easy just to succumb to the struggles of that season. But by keeping our eyes on him and by choosing to worship through it, we understood that he is far greater than anything that we are facing. And that in him, we have our refuge, we have our comfort, we have our strength, we have our healer, we have our helper, we have everything. And we, even in the midst of pain, can still have peace, can mm. still have rest, mm. can still have hope because of who He is. And and I think that, again, going through that season and now trying to just lead worship here on the other side of it, Yeah, understanding that, man, now there are so many people out in our congregations and in our communities no idea what they're carrying, but we can look at the world and say they're at least battling something because so much is coming against them to where, man, if we can get them to recognize, again, these characteristics of God by putting our eyes on him and by elevating him above all else, that then gives them that sustaining power, that that peace, that comfort, that hope. And because their eyes are no longer on themselves and what they can do to help overcome this, no, it's on the one who makes us holy, the one who helps lead us through um, and that that's just a powerful thing. You make.
0: know, I've had a lot of conversations with worship leaders on this podcast in particular who have gone through those battles, whether it's health, relationally, financially, where it's like, man, I'm so desperate for yeah. God to move. And, yeah. you know, this phrase, we worshiped through the pain or we worshiped in the wilderness or we worship in that." What does that look like practically? You know, because I, I think we both kind of have been in those seasons. I mean, for us, you know, church planting, uh, not for the faint of heart. And, you know, when you go to a place like Nashville and we had conversations during that season where it was like, man, a phone call from Rich. It was just like, okay, man, I need to talk to this guy. And just, you would encourage me in those seasons where I just felt like, man, we are in the trenches alone. And, you know, it it was really hard uh, during certain points of that. How do you, and how did you worship in that season? Was it just... Um, just a daily surrender or, or, you know, I think in the practical term of just like, no, we just made that choice. Like for, for, for me, and I'll set the context for why I'm asking yeah. this, you know, for me it was like, you know, knowing that every Sunday I'm preaching the gospel to myself mm and i i felt like i got yeah, resaved if that's even yep, a thing like yep. i'm just reconvincing myself yeah. as i'm diving into the word as we're you know picking the songs for sunday that go with the message that kind of hit that theme home and every sunday we we presented the gospel cuz it's yeah. like i never know who's out there yeah. and and so worshiping in that season for me was like look i'm not doing this for anybody else yeah. this is an act of obedience we're planting this church we're pastoring this church because God called us to, and yep. sticking to that calling. Yep. Um, so for me in that season, that was worshiping through hardship.
1: What did it look like for you guys in that 10-year trial? Yeah, you know, I think so often we want to run from the heat. We want to run from the mm. fire, but it's the fire that produces the diamonds. I mean, Come on, bro. We, we've heard that so many times, but the reality is it is. And so when we, instead of running from the pain, and we lean into not— like, oh, just accepting the pain, we lean into the God that is in there with us, mm. you know, the the one that's in the fire with us, that's mm-hmm. making that way, that is supporting us, leading us, caring for us. And, and I think that's the thing. It was choosing, hey, here's what I'm facing, and I have two responses here. I can either just start to complain and, and fear and freak out and just succumb to the pressure, or I can lean into him and allow him to produce something from the pressure. Wow. And so it was a daily surrender. It was a daily choice. But through that, we, I I still remember so many nights we would just sit down at the piano, me and my wife Mm. and we would just pour out our hearts, you know, it, It would be songs. It would just be, Hey, we're just playing these four chords over and over again. And all I'm doing is just singing to God. You know, uh, I would come home and and my wife would be at the piano and she would just be singing and just like crying out in so much pain, but still just choosing to cry out in him. Mm. And through that, again, it was just in those moments making that choice. I'm not going to look at the pain. I'm going to look at the one that's with me in the midst of it. Wow. And through that, I'm going to learn more about him and I'm going to learn more about myself. Wow. And so, uh, so yeah. And and I think that's going to look different for everyone. Mm -hmm. Um, Just like it looked different for you and your process look different for me and my process. But I think again, it's all about leaning on Mm. the one that's going to get you through it. um, The one that's producing something in the midst of it. Wow. Um, And so, yeah. So I think that's just important. And, and again, we never know what the outcome is going to be. We didn't, we were believing because we felt like God had spoken, hey, I'm going to heal you of this, but there's still that idea, I don't know what's on the other end, side of this. Um, and so you might have a diagnosis that you don't know what's on the other side of this. But again, you do know who holds your life, Yeah, who holds your eternity, and again, who can use everything yep. to produce something far greater than anything this life can yield in itself. Wow. I
0: think that's such an encouragement for anybody who's going through a trial right now. And, you know, every trial is different, mm-hmm. but the God is the same. Yep. And uh, man, what an encouragement. You know, you have been, um, like like we've said a couple of times, 14 years yes, at this church. You're currently the worshiping creative pastor, but you've worn a bunch of different hats. I've worn
1: a ton of hats. And
0: yesterday we were just texting back and forth. um, I think it's so important to talk about that the shifting roles and being flexible. And you said, you you texted me this, you you wanted to talk about stewarding the role you have while waiting for the role you feel called to. Yes. Dude, if that doesn't speak to somebody, I don't know what will talk to me a little bit about that. What does that look like and how has that played out for you over these last 14 years? Yeah.
1: I think we, we feel a calling from God. And then I think the, the, I would say the temptation mm. is to quickly think like, okay, well, I'm called to this. So now let's make that happen. And it's going to immediately happen. Yeah. Um, when just like with, with everything else, God has to bring you through a process. And so I knew I was called to be a worship pastor. You know, I, I lead led worship in, in different contexts. Um, but there were other things along the way I, you know, I wore a hat of, um, you know, outreach, planning. I wore a hat of uh, small groups yeah. pastor. I wore a hat of communications director wow. and uh, social media coordinator. So all of these things, web And hey, you're, you're good at graphic design. I'll say that. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> um, but, and so within all of that, I still kept feeling like, well, but I'm called to be a worship hat. I'm doing yeah. all these things and yeah. it just felt like a distraction when the reality was, God was again preparing me Mm. for the role He was calling me to through Mm. these other things, and so I think the reality is there are different things that we, different seasons that we have to have while walking towards our calling, where God's going to use it to either unearth something in us that needs to grow, unearth something in us that we need to surrender and leave behind. Wow. Um, And just cultivating that. That,
0: That's good right there. Yeah. Unearthing the things that help us grow and unearthing the things we need to let go. Yeah. I mean, that even rhymed.
1: (laughs) song. You didn't even mean to. (laughs) That's awesome, man. And, And I think that's the reality. And so I even look back and I'm like, there was no way I was mature enough for the role that I'm in now. Wow. And so... In the moment, I felt like I was, but looking back, I'm like, no, you were not even close to being ready. Yeah. And so now I see how God used all those seasons and all those different perspectives, different trying times to then equip me and be like, okay, now, yes, I was calling you, but now I've taken all these things that you've had to do to get to this point to prepare you for the calling, so now you can operate in the fullness of it, and so I think that's just an encouragement to to anyone where again you might feel like God's calling you to something, mm-hmm. but He has to also create who you're going to be for that calling.
0: That's so good,
1: and so I think that's just important. So just steward the moment. I, I I love that that idea, and that's that's something you know me and my wife talk about all the time. Me and my team talk about all the time is we God has given us this moment. Mm -hmm. and so wherever we find ourselves in this moment it's our job to steward it well Mm -hmm. because it's in our hands for either a day a season or 14 years right you know but it's our responsibility to just steward that moment and give it everything because again that in itself is an act of worship wow and so um So yeah, so just be encouraged, understand, yes, God can absolutely have called you to something, but if you aren't there yet and you aren't operating in that to the fullness of the vision that God has given you, know that he's producing things in you along the way. So just steward the role, steward the moment, steward the person you are right now, surrender the things that maybe you need to surrender to him, allow him to speak in, get some mentors that can help also mold you and shape you so that when that day does come when you step into the fullness of that calling you're ready and you're equipped and you're prepared
0: dude i think i was in my early 20s when i heard a pastor preach this message never have forgotten it in fact i named my band the season after this message it was called three seasons pertaining to the word of god over your life Mm. so the first is the season of the word received then it's the season of the word tested then it's the season of the word
1: fulfilled nice
0: and he compared all of those to the life of Joseph. Mm. I mean, you know, Joseph gets this dream, kind of maybe an immature teenage moment, tells his brothers, they sell him into slavery. and Then he goes through, I think it's 13 years of imprisonment and slavery and just jail. I mean, everything you can imagine. And then finally he finds himself second in command of all of Egypt. And Would he have been the Joseph in that role had he not gone through prison? Had he not gone through slavery? Have he not been at Potiphar's house? And so I think it's so amazing, you know, and here I am 40 years old, uh, worship pastor, but those five years of church planting taught me so much about God, about myself, about the church. Um, and. Just, you know, the seven years before that at NCC, it's like all things, literally. I mean, Romans eight twenty eight. 28, we, we love to quote it, but when you look at testimony, when yes. you look at life, it's like, man, yes, everything God uses for the good and for the glory of him. Yes. And I just think it's amazing when you can walk through that season of like, not yet. Yeah. You know, for what's to come. Yep. And just not not try to rush through it. And yep. I think that's the the message that you're sharing is like you know just stewarding those moments, not rushing through them not waiting man god like when's my time going to come but understanding like everything is a part of that process man yep dude absolutely talk to me a little bit here in our last few moments of what god's speaking to you right now for this season i think you know 2023 i've been asking worship leaders what's what's that word what's that verse what's that um just Holy spirit revelation that you're hanging on to right now that I think as a worship community, we could really grow from.
1: Yeah. You know, I think for me personally, it's the, this word build, build, you know, that, that every thing that we have in our life, the relationships that we have in our life, the roles that we have in our life, how we respond in any situation, we have an opportunity to build or an opportunity to tear down wow and so when we are with our teams or we're with our spouses or relationships or whatever that in those moments we have to again steward them in a way that is going to build something either in their life and our life or for the kingdom that is you know? so good and so because each and every single thing that we do we can either build or we can tear it down so if i don't steward it properly it can have ramifications and it can mm. actually rip away at what ultimately God wants us to build in our lives you know um and then also personally like within our team uh, you know that idea of victory that i think mm. we need as worship leaders as worship communities as churches to walk in victory i think too often we've yeah, we've come from a place of what feels like defeat wow and understand that through jesus we are more than conquerors Mm -hmm. that means we aren't just overcomers we are more than overcomers we are actually supposed to then thrive in seasons such as this where it feels like it's battle after battle trial after trial like headline after headline man we're called to bring the victory the power the goodness the grace the mercy of jesus into these moments Mm. we are here for such a time as this so good not to shrink back but to again go before and say, hey, I I know the God that I serve. I know what he brings to this situation. And he's empowered me to minister. He's empowered me to to love through this. He's empowered me to to help build this community my church uh, our nation our world through this for his kingdom and so um understand that so uh, just keep building whatever god is having you build in this season and just walk in victory knowing that he's the one that holds it
0: come on bro if you're not encouraged by that i mean i'm just reminded we are not a church that plays defense no, we're sir. called to play offense let's yep. go so, Rich, man, just appreciate you. We're gonna put uh, just some contact info in the show notes if you want to reach out to Rich and be on the lookout. Uh, worship album, it, what are we calling it? Fields Worship, Salem Fields. It's, it, it's what do you field
1: think? Yeah. Fields Worship, Fields Worship. I love it. So.
0: so, be on the lookout later this year for a uh, a great record uh, from Fields Worship. And uh, man, always a joy to just to hang out with you, bro. Thanks for having me, man.
1: You've been listening to Worshipology with Curtis Parks. To learn more and to find resources for worship leaders and teams, you can visit curtisparks.com.